Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives, from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Hi everyone, Dr. Adriana Popescu here with you today with another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm really excited to have with us today, Jody Sternoff-Cohen. Jody is a best-selling author, an award-winning journalist, a functional practitioner and founder of Vibrant Blue Oils, where she's combined her training in nutritional therapy and aromatherapy to create unique proprietary blends of organic and wildcrafted essential oils. She's helped over 50,000 clients heal from brain-related challenges, including anxiety, insomnia, and autoimmunity. For the past 10 years, she's lectured at wellness centers, conferences, and corporations on brain health, essential oils, stress and detoxification. She's been seen in the New York Times, Wellness Mama, Elephant Journal, and numerous publications. Her website, vibrantblueoils.com, is visited by over 300,000 natural health seekers every year, and she has rapidly become a top resource for essential oils education on the internet today. Welcome, Jody, and you. your little furry loved one there. I know, Simbo <laughs> wanted to make an um, appearance. Great to be here. Yes, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've really been wanting to explore this particular topic for a while, um, but I always like to start with your story. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to do this work that you're doing. Yeah, I think necessity is the mother of invention. It's uh, interesting. I actually have a background in journalism. Um, right out of college, I worked for Ted Kennedy in the US Senate. And so I got incredibly good at researching very quickly. Um, and then I was a journalist for a while. And then I got married, had kids. And my second one was not as easy as my first. I was taking every parenting class I could find. Nothing seemed to move the needle. You know, our cue is like, look at my nose. We'd point to our nose. He was so ADD. He was all over the place. And one day at a birthday party, a friend complimented me on how well behaved he was that day until... Another mom passed out some Ritz crackers. He jekyll hided and like took off in a different direction. And when I rounded him back up and brought him back, my friend said, you know, it's really interesting. I never saw his personality change after he ate something. You know, my brother was on Ritalin his whole life and it turns out he was just allergic to weird foods. You should take him to a nutritionist. And I thought, well, I can do that. I've done everything else. Took him to a nutritionist, took him off course, corn, soy, and dairy, and the next day he could look at our nose. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is insane. Mm -hmm. I have been banging my head against the wall for three years. Who knew food made such a difference? So I started reading books, went back and got a degree in nutritional therapy so I could help other moms, was trying to practice on um, squirming kids. You know, I live in Seattle, so I learned muscle testing, which was efficient when they wouldn't sit still and went on with my life until um, my husband uh, kind of hit a, a mental health low. He was so depressed that we had to move him into a, a mental health residential treatment facility. 
And the minute that I knew he was safe and it wasn't my job to keep him alive, it was finally safe to collapse. Uh, and I, <clears throat> adrenal collapsed hard. I could barely get out of bed. The kids were five and seven at the time. And uh, I, you know, would basically wake up with them, um, make them breakfast, help with their homework, pack their school lunches, take them to school, come home, climb back into bed and set the alarm for pickup. And nothing I was doing, I, um, after my son was born, they tried to put me on a postpartum medication and it made me psychotic. And I think it's because I'm a slow methylator. So my liver holds onto things for too long. And so it would build up in my system. So I knew pharmaceutical drugs didn't work well on me. So I was trying the natural approach and it wasn't helping as much as I wanted. Um, but fortunately prior to my collapse, I was kind of, I would disassociate by overworking and overdoing. So I was like class parent and, you know, I helped a friend with a fundraiser. She was into oils. She came over as kind of a thank you gift with this big box of oils. And as she was dropping them off, she said, you know, you've been so high stress for so long, which is high cortisol. We know that, you know, chronic cortisol leads to chronic inflammation. I bet your gut is such toast that nothing you're ingesting is actually getting into your system. Oils might be a good choice, you know, because you can smell them, you can topically apply them to your skin, you know that hormone creams get in through the skin. And I thought, well, why not? You know, I tried everything else. Um, <laughs> it was a little low energy, but I figured I could muscle test this box and see if it's gonna help my adrenals. Got super solid, yes. Normally I'm able to um, wean it down to like one, maybe two remedies. And I kept getting the same five, which stumped me uh, until it occurred to me, oh, wait a minute, they're liquid. I can combine them like a mixed drink. So I went and grabbed a shot glass and started testing each bottle, made my first blend, put it on my adrenals, on my low back and had a moment of feeling like myself. Like, oh wow, I could go running. Went running, took a shower, cleaned the house, did the laundry, put it away, went to the supermarket, made their favorite like labor intensive dinner, had like a day of normalcy and thought that was such a win, I'm gonna keep that. You know, and that night, uh, I would, you know, read them stories, put them to bed, climb to bed, be exhausted and clock watch. You know, oh, it's nine o'clock. Oh, it's 9.30. Oh, it's 10.30. And at some point I had this realization, like, wait a minute, I remember hearing about like a sleep remedy that helps with the pineal gland that you put kind of topically above the ears on that skin. It's really thin. I wonder if I could make a blend for that. So came back downstairs, made something up, put it on. Don't even remember falling asleep. You know, my five-year-old was jumping on the bed to wake me up the next day. And I'm like, okay, that's a win. So I just kept making things up as I went and they kept working. And then when I started feeling better, my friends all wanted to try it. And I was like, oh, sure, you know what? <laughs> and then um, there was a, a conference, a nutritional therapy conference. And at the time it was very affordable. It was like $200 to be a vendor. And so one of my good friends said, we should, we should go, you know, I bet other people would like this. And I didn't, I was skeptical, but I'm like, all right, you know, but I, I bet someone else is doing this. So I went online to finally research and it was fascinating because I didn't realize, you know, <clears throat> they make it so complicated. No, no one else was really looking at blends through the lens of like balancing the brain and organ systems, but they all made it seem really complicated. So I was almost grateful that I just didn't have the bandwidth to go online because I would have felt completely unqualified and never done it. Mm -hmm. So we, we went to this event, we made like a hundred test kits. 
we sold out the first afternoon and after that just kind of launched and you know people would find us wow that's amazing and so you really discovered that these using these oils in different ways and i want to get more into the how of that um because you mentioned a few different uh approaches how is it that these oils are changing the way our body and our brain is functioning can you tell us a little bit more about maybe the layperson version of the science behind that yeah first of all i mean oils have kind of been classified you know as their own separate thing people don't realize that they're the concentrated essences of the plants and right. plants have been used throughout history for medicine right, right. white Willow bark is the basis of aspirin. Everyone knows aspirin. You know, valerian root is the basis for Valium. So it's really just like concentrated medicine in their natural form. And what someone described it to me is like when you take, you know, like natural medicine, like valerian root, you know, if you put your hand up and look at it in the mirror, it's exactly your hand, but it's not because it's the flip of it. When you make kind of a pharmaceutical drug, you're taking the, the essence of kind of nature and, you know, humans are biofamiliar with plants, we eat plants, we eat the animals that feed off of plants, but when you modify it, that's when you start getting side effects. So it's really just concentrated medicine. But what's fascinating to me that people don't really talk about, it's really hard to get remedies in the brain. And the brain is really kind of what's um, throwing people off in so many ways. And it's because the brain has a great security system, right? The blood brain barrier only lets super small fat soluble molecules through. Like we know about essential fatty acids that are brain food. The reason it's brain food is because it can actually get into the brain. You know, we all see the ambulance that's stuck in traffic and we think that poor soul you know, on the other end, if the ambulance can't get to the human, it can't save the human. If the remedy can't get into the brain, it can't really activate anything. Mm -hmm. You know, and the other thing people don't realize is that nose cells are technically brain cells. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes directly to smell is a survival mechanism. We smell food, we smell water, we smell predator odor, we smell fire. It's really designed to keep us safe. So of the five senses, smell has the most direct route to the amygdala, which is kind of, you know, the security, the, the first line of defense and security system of the brain. Whereas the other senses have to go through the thalamus first. So when we smell something, it goes directly to the amygdala and we can use smell, you know, like um, there is this researcher a Seattle uh, Nobel laureate actually named Linda Buck, who was doing research on the isolated olfactory receptors in the brain to kind of identify which ones were responded to predator odor. And then she took it one step further and she was like, I wonder what like kind of cancels that out or you know, modulates the signal. And it turned out to be roses. So like the whole idea of stopping to smell the roses makes you feel better and modulates your fear response. Science has proven that. So Rose essential oil can be very calming, you know, when you're overwhelmed, having an anxiety attack, fear-based. Mm -hmm. So one way people can use oils is to basically inhale, right? Hold it up to your nose and, and smell and let that go straight. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you don't even need to, um, they say like an inch to four inches away, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of, there's the whole smell. Strong. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to, you don't need to shove it up your nostril. You can kind of hold it where you can smell it. Mm -hmm. So that's one route. And then you also mentioned that people are, that it's possible to use it topically on the skin. Say, can you say more about that? 
Yeah, and you know, it's really interesting. Topically is kind of dismissed because people are looking at it kind of through the wrong lens. So people think like, okay, your, your wrist is sore, right? So you put a topical cream on your wrist, you know, it's going to help your wrist localize, but it's not necessarily going to help your leg or your shoulder. Um, and what people don't realize is that there are acupuncture points in all of these areas. And so when you topically apply an oil to an acupuncture point, it goes systemic. And people think like, oh, topical, it needs to go through the skin, into the bloodstream, carried to the heart, then be pumped out to the whole body. That's not wrong. And it's not the only way that you can kind of topically use oils to impact your entire system. I didn't know that. So that's actually really interesting to me because I work with a lot of energy psychology type modalities or maybe yeah. tapping or applying pressure to certain acupuncture points. So that, so that's really interesting to me in the wrist again, being, you know, a place where we can find all the different meridians. And isn't it interesting? Like it makes me think also of perfume, right? Like people apply, tend to apply perfume to these areas. Where they put it like where the vagus nerve is most accessible. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think that there's, um, that, you know, like even my grandparents, like my, my grandpa died at 96 and there were things that they used to do all the time that was like kind of common knowledge back then, like apple cider vinegar. He was big on Epsom salt bat. Like he just knew how to kind of eat to keep his immune health active. And, and we don't do that anymore. No, we don't. Um, but which actually makes me want to ask a question. I do want to come back to one more question about how we use oils, but the history of it, what do we know about like, when did people start using these more concentrated essences of plants and, and how did they even like, how did they extract them or how did they prepare them? I don't even know how the oils were made or are made. Um, I will, I don't totally trust history, but I have a feeling that they've been using them forever and it's really not that hard. You know, mm. all it takes is like you boil water with the plant in it and the oil goes on one side and the water goes on the other. So, um, you know, if you look around at some of the old buildings and the old structures, if they could build pyramids, I have a feeling they could distill oils. Yes. Okay. So, so <laughs> and isn't it interesting how they experimented with all of these things, right? All these different plants and discovered these wonderful healing capacities that plants have for so many different things. Um, so we talked about oils being um, that we can inhale them, we can apply them topically. Do people ever ingest them into their body? Um, you know, honestly, I kind of feel like that is, uh, I don't, I don't think it's that necessary. I think that it's actually far more efficient to smell or topically imply. I think ingestion can be wasteful. I think if you're going to hurt yourself with oils, that's mm -hmm. one of the ways that you can do it. So I just don't, there, there are people that advise that there are practitioners that use, you know, like oregano oil for killing things. And if you're working with a doctor that's kind of monitoring you, go for it. It's just not, I wouldn't say that's a do-it-yourself technique. Yes, yes. And that's good to know. Are there other caveats that people should know about before they embark on using oils? Do you? It's hard to do it wrong. I mean, one of the things, the other thing that I think is slightly wasteful, you know, diffusing 24-7, it's not like you're yeah. going to take a whole bottle of Advil, like I'm going to take one pill every five seconds, you know, like... Less is more. And when you diffuse, um, you know, I have dogs, I use my oils around my dogs all the time. I have read that cats can't detoxify oils as easily. Birds are a little at risk. So just, you know, if you're doing it and you love it, I'm not going to tell you, like, I never take away anyone's coffee. I'm like, keep what you love. 
But um, I, I don't know. I, I think that there are, I think that the most efficient way to use oils is just to inhale or to topically apply. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so let's look at some of the common um, mental health symptoms that people might experience, whether they have a full-blown diagnosis or they're just maybe just going through something. Maybe they're going through a particularly challenging time, like the last two years, or, or um, they're going through some life event and maybe they're having high levels of anxiety. Maybe they're feeling depressed. You're going through a grief process, um, traumas, addiction. I'm just thinking of some, kind of the things I tend to see in my practice. Um, how do you work with people who might be having some of those symptoms with oils? And are, and are you still using your nutrition at, you know, as well? Like how, are, how do you work with clients? Um, well, I, I kind of, I, I used to work directly with clients and now I kind of have the one-to-many approach, but the foundational um, thing that I try to do is help them um, gear shift, so to speak. So your brain has two gears, just like your car has the gas pedal and the brake. You know, your autonomic nervous system is designed to control your automatic functions that you don't think about, breathing, heart rate, digestion, and it's also designed to keep you alive. So if the tiger is chasing you or the car in the other lane is changing lanes and doesn't see you, you jump into action to save your life, right? You, you mobilize your blood flow. So it's going to your arms and your legs, your breathing quickens, you're able to fight back and flee, your pupils dilate so you can take in you know, more light and make better decisions. And what does that do? That keeps you like adrenalized and anxious and overwhelmed and in panic. And what I find is that it's almost like, you know, the people that like the kids that turn the light on in the room and then they don't remember to turn it off. Like we turn on our sympathetic fight or flight. We are ready to rumble. We are anxious. We are alert. We are, you know, taking it all in, but we don't know how to turn it off. We don't know how to gear shift out of fight or flight and into rest and digest where healing can occur and where anxiety calms. And what people don't realize is that gear shift is kind of, it's like Dorothy could have clicked her red heels together and gone home to Oz or Kansas anytime. You know, our vagus nerve, cranial nerve number 10 is really the information superhighway from the brain to the body, body to the brain, sending all of the signals to release adrenaline, release the calming, you know, neurotransmitters like GABA to help us kind of soothe ourselves. And so when it's stuck in the wrong gear, it's sending the wrong messages. So it starts at the base of the brain is most accessible here behind the earlobe on the mastery bone. It's a divot, it's an acupuncture point. Mm -hmm. I basically call this the panic pause button. Mm. So what I found is um, there was this, there, there's a lot of research on vagus nerve stimulation. Stimulating the vagus nerve is kind of like a domino effect to turn on the parasympathetic nervous system. And it winds through the heart, the lungs, every organ of digestion, detoxification. Um, Datis Karazian is famous for saying, you know, use activate it by um, gagging yourself with a tongue depressor or gargling until you cry or doing a cold plunge or even box breathing. Guess what? When I was trying that in my practice, you know, tell someone like, okay, you're going to gag yourself with a tongue depressor three yeah. times a day. Do you think they're like, yeah, <laughs> wait, sign me up. No, they're like, no way. Sure. But what, what I learned about this kind of magic panic pause button, there was a New York neuroscientist named Kevin Tracy who was surgically implanting pacemaker-like devices on that point and then using them for vagus nerve stimulation. And this therapy has been approved by the FDA for epilepsy, 
depression and migraines. And when I saw that he was stimulating that point, guess where my mind went? Oh, wow, there's stimulatory oils. You know, we know oregano, thyme, peppermint, rosemary, clove, cinnamon. So using kind of my, um, my aura ring to check heart rate variability and then just testing it on clients, I realized that if I put a stimulatory oil right on that point, it did the same thing. It, it caused that same stimulation to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. Okay. And so that's kind of my foundational starting point, because if you're, you know, if you're riding your bike and you're going up a steep hill, like you have in San Francisco, we have in Seattle, if you're not gear shifting down, you're making it so much harder for yourself. Yeah. If you're struggling with any kind of emotional challenge, you know, <clears throat> be it anxiety, depression, overwhelm, grief, and you're nervous system is kind of working against you. It's just going to be so much harder to heal. So that's kind of foundational level one. And then um, actually it's, it's really interesting for depression. I, you know, I, um, <clears throat> I struggle with my own stuff. I tend to be a super anxious person and this has been my cure-all. In fact, I used to get, uh, I used to have panic attacks in supermarket checkout lines. You know, like I'd get all the stuff in the grocery and then the line would be too long and I'd start to feel hot and I'd start to feel claustrophobic. And especially when we were wearing masks, I would just like, sometimes I'd have to abandon cart. I was just like, I was too much. And here's a fun thing that I learned. So there's a whole branch of chiropractic called functional neurology. That's looking at the two hemispheres of the brain and how do we balance different regions of the brain. And they use um, oils a lot because, you know, usually it's right brain controls left body. But the nostrils, right nostril goes directly to right prefrontal cortex, mm -hmm. which is controlling the brain. So our colleague Titus Chu taught me that when you're having an anxiety attack, what's going on in the brain hemispheres is that is the right prefrontal cortex, right forehead, that's kind of over firing. So the way he cures it is to smell something through the left nostril stimulate the left prefrontal cortex. Now they're both kind of balanced mm -hmm. and suddenly the anxiety goes away. So that is my favorite hack. It doesn't have to be oil. I mean, you could peel a tangerine or any citrus fruit and smell something through your left nostril. Mm -hmm. I find that smell is like, you know, if you're super hungry and food comes and you take maybe five bites, you're not as ravenous, right? Mm -hmm. Smelling too, you don't need to smell forever. At a certain point, um, you, you can tell you're satiated or you stop smelling. Mm -hmm. And how long does the effective, I love that hack. Thank you. I, I think that's great. I'm going to try that. <laughs> um, how long do the effects tend to last? At least an hour for me. I mean, I think everyone's different and it's interesting too. It's kind of like weightlifting, right? Like the first time you go to the boot camp class or whatever, and you're like, oh my God, I can barely walk upstairs and you're so or, you know, maybe you've, I'm making this up, you list, lifted like 15 pounds. And then the next time you lift 15 pounds, it's more manageable. And the next time you are up to 20 or 25 or whatever it is, I do feel that it's a bit of a muscle. And the, the more you do it, the more you kind of train your, your brain to, oh, we're, you know, let's activate this and calm down and shift gears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it. Now you mentioned, um, oil blend. So, so tell us a little bit more about like, what's the difference between using a single oil versus a combination of oils and how do you use those? Yeah. I mean, the best way to think of it is food, right? You can just have lettuce, nothing wrong with that, but maybe add a little oil, a little olive oil, a little salt, maybe some other vegetables. It's just more robust and kind of brings in all the different flavors, all the different colors. So what I found, like I'll use um, the parasympathetic blend 
as an example. So it's clove and lime. Clove has medium-sized molecules. So if you were to put it um, on your on your panic pause button, uh, it would maybe get in in like 20 minutes or so. Lime and all the citrus oils have much smaller molecules. So when you blend medium-sized molecule with small molecule and then add fractionated coconut oil, which carries things into the skin more quickly, it's much more like an acupuncture needle. So what it really does is kind of, it's a synergy, but it also changes it. You know, like if you think of... Um, like salad dressing, right? Sometimes you have a uh, garlic in there, you can have lemon juice in there, you can have apple cider vinegar. All those things would taste differently if you ate them separately versus when you combine them in a recipe, right? Because they harmonize each other. Some, you know, have high notes that kind of bring other things down and they bring out, they amplify the benefits of everything, plus kind of create their own different synergies. So I like, I like blends in general. I think that they, um, hold a lot of power to help the body return to balance. That's all I'm really trying to do mm -hmm. is really help you return to balance so that you can show up in your best way. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you had mentioned before ADHD and, and I realized we hadn't talked about that. How might this work for a kid or, or an adult who has more of that kind of brain, you know, all yeah. over the place and trouble focusing and all that? There's a lot of research on ADHD and oils. And what they typically do is they look at the grounding oils. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if you think about ADHD energy, it's kind of, it's all over the place. It's scattered, right? And so the more you can kind of center yourself, feel grounded, feel stable, the easier it is to focus. So the one that tested the best in research is vetiver, which mm -hmm. is a plant with very, very deep roots in the earth. And so the idea is that it carries that entrainment frequency of connecting to the earth. And so if you put it on your feet or like smell it or put it on the back of your neck, it helps you feel almost like you have deep roots in the earth. So you feel stable. You know, we were talking earlier about how we're both from New York. Mm -hmm. Think of being on the New York subway, right? If you're in your stilettos and you can't grab the handle, you're toast when it turns. If you're wearing your sneakers and you're able to kind of spread your legs and bend your knees and feel really solid, you can weather all of those turns. So the more you feel connected and grounded, the, you know, the less likely you are to get distracted, you know, or look elsewhere. Mm -hmm. You can also smell like a peppermint's a really good one. Rosemary is one that has a lot of research. They're a little hot. You can put them on your temples to kind of bring energy to the prefrontal cortex or smell them. Mm -hmm. Also, if it's kid related, kids like citrus, kids love orange, you know, like I would just say, go to like whole foods and let them smell and pick the one they like the best. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, are there any contraindications? Like I'm wondering for folks who might already, let's say, be taking a pharmaceutical, like they're taking, you know, an antidepressant, an anti-anxiety, a benzodiazepine, something like that. Is it safe for them to use oils in conjunction with that? Yeah. I mean, as long as you're not ingesting them, and I would say start small and definitely run it by your doctor. But what we found, especially for like thyroid medication and things like that, is that the more you kind of upregulate the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system, the more the body um, is able to digest, absorb, and assimilate what you're actually ingesting. And so you might need to lower your dose a little bit, you know, just go slowly, be aware, mm -hmm. make sure your doctor's monitoring you. I kind of, I kind of hear it as you, we're really optimally, we're bringing balance, restoring balance to a body that's out of whack, which these days, most of us have in some form or another. 
Um, and restoring balance and optimizing function is what I'm hearing, right? That like, I know you also work with uh, non-mental mental health conditions, but like detoxification, right? How, how can oils help with that? Or even just, oh, I know nowadays everyone's talking about like inflammation being like the root cause of all disease of all kinds. Yeah, so if, it, it's interesting because I think inflammation and detoxification are tied together. Yeah. Um, for example, you know, if you think about your brain, like ideally your brain cleans house when you're sleeping. You know, when you're awake, it needs to be kind of at full capacity. And so you sleep and it actually shrinks by up to 60%. And your, your brain cleaning mechanism called your, um, oh my gosh, lymphatic system, which is glial cells, brain cells, and the lymphatic system. It's almost like a car wash. It cleans the brain. And then, you know, it drains kind of the toxins down the neck. This is a big bottleneck. You know, there's a lot going on in the neck. We've got the lymph, we've got the nerves, we've got the skeletal muscles, we've got the musculature and things can get congested. And so then the toxins don't exit the brain. So the toxins then, you know, the immune system responds to the toxins, sets off inflammation. Brain inflammation can present as a lot of things. It could be fatigue, it could be depression, it could be something more serious. So the more we can help the garbage leave the neck, the easier it is to like not have it recirculate and cause problems. And there are oils, you know, the lymphatic system is kind of um, one of the, you know, after the vagus nerve, I think it's one of the most important systems of the body that often is underlooked. People don't really think about it. And it goes, it flows alongside the circulatory system, but the circulatory system has a pump, right? It's got the heart. The lymph system this is why yoga is so good. You need to basically put your arms above your head and move your body to move your lymph. But oils are really good. Oils, what the function that they have in the plant is often moving fluid, right? Plants have their roots in the ground and maybe they have their leaves, you know, hundreds of feet in the air. So it's the oils that help move the fluid through the plant. They can do the same thing in us. They can help drain the fluid down the sides of the neck. And especially, you know, lymph doesn't drain evenly. It drains 75% on the left side. So one of the big bottlenecks is the clavicle. So anything you can do, like actually, if you kind of gently caress your clavicles now, if that feels tender to you, don't, you know, don't freak out, but that's just, you know, like maybe we do preventative maintenance. We brush our teeth every day. We get our oil checked, you know, maybe just give yourself a little clavicle massage. And, you know, we have a lymph blend that goes with it, but Drainage is, is incredibly important and it's all interwoven, I think. It's not like, oh, you know, I'm constipated and I'm not, the garbage isn't being eliminated. Like if it's not being eliminated, it's recirculating and then the body's responding to that. So the more we can help people sleep, you know, activate their parasympathetic nervous system and drain their toxins, the more everything else will self-regulate. Yeah. And I think people don't understand and we've explored this, you know, throughout all the podcast episodes is this idea that, you know, mental illness or mental disorders isn't just about brain chemistry and balance. It's like the mind, the body, the, the emotions, the spirit, all of it's connected and an imbalance in one area is going to impact all the rest of it, right? People yeah. are, are, are getting, you know, I would say misdiagnosed with, uh, you know, major depressive uh, disorder when maybe their thyroid is wonky or their liver's not working right, or they've got gut flora imbalance, right? The whole gut, you know, brain serotonin and stuff, all of that. And people don't understand that we're, we're a whole body and our parts are not separate from each other, right? I sometimes explain it like a marble ramp. Like my kids used to love to build marble ramps. And the thing is like, if 
if one little piece is a little askew, the marble doesn't flow. So the more you can kind of set everything up for success, works yeah. great. Exactly. And I think too, I want to debunk this myth that using, you know, essential oils or aromatherapy is just like woo woo, kind of hippie dippy. I mean, you know, I'm in California, you're on the West Coast. <laughs> I think people have this mis misperception that it is that, but in fact, there's actually a lot of science behind this in research. You yeah. mentioned research. Yeah. Yeah. My, my book, Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body, it's all research. It's shocking how much research has been going on about oils, their properties, their constituents, like clove, for example, is really high in the constituent eugenol, which has amazing research, like for anti-inflammatory properties, you know, before modern dentistry took over, they used to use clove in the mouth. And this was really helpful. It kind of helped not only um, antibacterial, antifungal, detoxify. This is an, another thing that's going on. Like you mentioned, yeah, if we're kind of, um, so it's not just stress like, you know, oh my God, I might get fired or I'm fighting with my partner or my kid is in puberty and every day is like a roller coaster. It's not just external factors. There's internal stress. Like if our gut flora is imbalanced, that's a stressor. If our toxins aren't leaving our body, that's a stressor. And all of these things can kind of flip on our fight or flight response. And so we're, you know, we're deer in the headlights 24 seven. So the more we can really help to make sure that um, the garbage leaves, you know, the better off we'll be. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had a question personally, because I've also, um, I'm remembering now, like uh, there was a time when I was using oils in the bath. So that may be a comment on that. I really enjoyed that. I found that super helpful. Um, but I've also used flower essences at times, like the block, the Bach flower essences, the rescue remedy. Um, what's different about flower essences as compared to the actual oils? That's a great question. Um, my, my friend has this company, Chakrity. It's also Seattle-based. Oh my God, the best flower essences. I think that it has to do with the flower essences. It's basically that they soak the flowers in like alcohol. And so it's not that they're, um, it's, it is, it's the essence of the flower. It's the energetic imprint more than the actual oil that's derived from it. So it's very gentle. It's very subtle. And I do feel like the plants, I mean, just like, you know, we humans, right? We're physical, we have our physical body, we have our mental body, we have our spiritual body, we have our emotional body. We're many things at the same time, right? And I think that um, oils, because they're, they're an actual physical product, they can address all of those levels. I feel that flower essences, because they're the energetic imprint, they're, they're really, um, you know, they have this kind of very specific focus on the emotions and they're really great. They really are super powerful in kind of helping to shift out of trauma, like rescue remedy. Oh my goodness. You know, the few times that I've been almost paralyzed from shock from an external situation, that's been invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it to my clients. I think it's very, and homeopathy. I mean, there's so many wonderful, right. Just easy, you know, healing techniques. This is, and that's what I love about this. It's so easy. And you've made it really easy for people as well. You know, if someone's like brand new to this, like I wouldn't even know where to start because there are so many different formulas and whatnot, but you have a book and you have a shop and you've actually, you have products that people can buy uh, blends that are already made for whatever your issue is. Tell us more about the resources you have for folks. 
Yeah, we really do try to make it kind of uh, one and done. You know, like uh, during COVID, it was the big craze to make the sourdough bread. I, you know, I don't really make bread. Like one time we went blackberry picking and we had so many blackberries. We still have like jam in the fridge. That was fun. I don't need to do it every time. I can go to the store and buy jam. I can buy, I don't do bread because I'm gluten-free, but you know, if I wanted to, I, I could. I kind of feel like it's nice. A lot of the people that find me are so overwhelmed and so afraid of doing it wrong. And they kind of have the perfectionist program running. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to give them something like, you don't need to worry about diluting it. You don't need to worry about mixing it yourself. All you do is flip the bottle and put it on right here so that we alleviated that anxiety about like, oh my God, I'm going to mess it up and it's not going to help me. And I've wasted so much money and time. And you know, that recording that kind of spins for people. And then we really do try to support them. We have tons of research. I, I wrote two books that you can both, you can buy both of them on Amazon, but um, you know, we do podcast episodes as well. We have a lot of blogs, a lot of resources, checklists. We have a uh, Facebook discussion group that you can join and get not only my advice, but the advice of, I think we have like 20,000 people in there, you know, other people that are using oils. I just really want people to feel supported with kind of the product that's going to be helpful for them, the education, and then the community so that they get out of their head and what could go wrong. And they're like, okay, I can do this, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, just, it, it's like the first time I started to do yoga and the first time I did an inversion, I was like, wow, who knew I could do that? I wonder what else I could do. Like, that's really what I want people to walk away with. Yeah. That's wonderful. And what if, and if like a professional or somebody who wanted to add this to their practice or someone who even wanted to just become a specialist in working with oils, how, what, what would you suggest and what do you offer for that? Yeah, we do have, oh, we have some actually free practitioner resources. Just email us at info at Vibrant Blue Oils and we'll set you up as a practitioner. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. And then as far as like educating themselves on like how to use things, like do you, is that what you're getting, the information you're giving them? Or do you suggest, yeah. like, are there certification courses? Like how does one really become an expert in this? Well, you know, it's so funny. It's, you know what I joke? Like, um, you know, when you have your baby and they send you home from the hospital, if you have no idea what you're doing, it's not like you take, you know, a certification in parenting. You just kind of bootstrap it and figure it out. And that has always been, I mean, I, I have books, I have, I have 10 years of writing a blog every week. So I've got a lot of content. Um, and then we do have a practitioner kind of training, how do you integrate in your practice? How do you assess? Like, I really do give a lot of details, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, ha I have been asked to do a certification, but there's a part of me that feels I, I don't know. I, you know, like I still don't know. My daughter is about to go to college. Am I an expert in parenting? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. But clearly you have many years of wisdom and experience and you, you're offering it to folks in so many ways from, from this podcast to your own, to all these other wonderful resources. Um, I can't wait to go check out some of that myself. Um, so your website, if people want to find you. Is vibrantblueoils.com. Wonderful. And we'll add that to the show notes as well. Any final thoughts you have for us or for the audience? Oh, and one other thing, if they want kind of more information on the vagus nerve, they can go to boostthebrainbook.com backslash gift. 
and it gives you 25 ways to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. The only thing I'd want to close with, I feel like right now, you know, anxiety has become a pandemic, right? Because we watch the news, we feel powerless, everything's overwhelming. And I just want to remind people that you can't necessarily change the world around you, right? But you can change your own internal terrain. And you can do that by kind of activating your vagus nerve. Um, one of my favorite quotes, is from Holocaust survivor Viktor Frankl. And he says, between the stimulus and the response, they're in a space. And in that space, you know, is the power to choose your response. And I feel like you always have the power to, you know, <laughs> someone might post something that makes you angry on Facebook and you have the power to respond or not respond. You have the power, you know, how you take care of yourself, how, you know, there are certain things that are out of your control, but you have a lot of power. And when you're able to access your parasympathetic nervous system, it kind of shifts you out of that, like problem panic, you know, paralysis mode into more of a problem pause progress zone yes. where things are manageable. Yes. And we need that more than ever. Yes. You're absolutely right. So thank you so much for the gift that you are and that you know, you are offering to folks in the world with these wonderful resources. So thank you so much for being my guest today. And thank you everyone who tuned in. If you like this podcast, please do share it, like, subscribe, let other people know about it so that we can really get this information out in the world and let people know that if you're struggling with some sort of mental health issue, you have many, many options available to you for healing. So thanks so much for tuning in. Seeing you next time. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.